Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about a pop culture period piece and give it our super scientific rating, which is just how we like it, um, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Julie, what are your recommendations? Sleep. Oh, okay. Julie is um, slightly under the weather and we well, I've, report in the I've, same way. So. I've had a few days. Um, I currently have a sinus infection. On top of that, uh, the other day, Sweet Penny got an entire container of homemade chocolate chip cookies. My parents were in town for a visit. Um, She got the entire container. And they also had frosting on top. So, like, uh, to be clear, like, our pets have eaten things they shouldn't a lot Mm -hmm. in their lives like and they've been fine in this particular case it wasn't like seizures like it it wasn't the worst of the chocolate poisoning symptoms but it was chocolate poisoning symptoms um so we were up thursday night today is saturday oh my gosh spoilers about how we record um (laughs) (laughs) we were up literally all night thursday night like i know i'm an exaggerator but it was every half hour she would start crying and we would take turns taking her out um, because that helped her stomach, I think, to walk around. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a 20, it was like 24 hours before she pooped. It was just, it was a lot. Um, and then I had to go to work. My dog is the opposite where he has never eaten anything he shouldn't. And even things he should eat everyone, like once a week, he'll just have a really bad stomach. Oh wow! Like he's just a sensitive little bean, and so my he got, pets. Mm. Yeah, yours are hardy. Mine, mine is the like. I think I'm allergic to tap water. Yeah, little little pup. Poor my penny. pets will like eat inanimate objects. Like Roy ate the sink strainer once. I don't know why. I don't know what satisfaction he got from it, but he ate it. Yeah. Just knowing he could, I feel like, is the big thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I just wonder if I could eat this. But it was just like, <laughs> it was just everything compounded. Any one of those things individually would have yeah. been fine. But last night I went to bed at like 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I woke up at like 8. <laughs> and it lo- was glorious. <laughs> I love that you say like, I went to bed at 10 and laugh at it like that's not normal when like but that's my everyday if I'm up our mutual friend Tina like if she'll sometimes call me at 9 30 and if I answer she'll be like oh my gosh you're up so late for you (laughs) like I am I think Uh, it's for me it's that I went to bed that early and got up that late for me oh no that's yeah because normally we're up much earlier Mm. huh I said oh I have to get nine hours this was more than I, you get to sleep. Yeah, you don't have three pets. No, that's my other recommendation, everyone. (laughs) Don't have three pets. You won't win any battle. Well, especially because your cats at like six a.m. were like, "Feed me." Truly, I've been doing this thing lately with them, where I'm like, "Where are my quiet kitties?" Because they get they get wet food in the evening and they get dry food in the morning from the automatic feeder so that they stop associating us with food. It's not really working. <laughs> um, so 
And when I feed them at night, I'll like open the wet food and I'm like, where are my quiet kitties? And then when one of them is quiet for like two seconds, which for them is a big deal. It is. I'll be like, Jason's a quiet kitty. Here's your food, Jason. Like if anyone were to just like put a microphone and follow me around the house, they would be very concerned about me. You and Mike. I've also... (laughs) Mike loves to monologue to himself around your house I've noticed oh yeah yeah I I call it parcel I'm like are you parcel tonguing again (laughs) um my record none of these recommendations are happy recommendations my recommendation is if you're buying a house make sure you know how to get into all the spaces because I bought a flipped house there's a squirrel in my attic and I literally can't get into the attic. They have what? They contracted off all the entries to the attic. What the so, why? Because they hated me. And so, and I just didn't think. I didn't think like, oh, make sure you can get into your attic. I live in a Victorian house. I never really want to get into my attic. I will get possessed by a ghost. This is how the life works. Um, and but now I have to like figure out who I need to pay to cut a hole in my <laughs> room by like ceiling to get up and get a squirrel but also not cut a hole in my ceiling and just leave it there so that squirrels and bats come into my house so it is a dilemma my <laughs> mind is blown at this i thought that the point of victorian houses was to be able to go up in the attic and discover ghosts but you can't go into your attic no and I was like this is this is no I can't I've looked in every single closet there's not an opening there's not an opening at all wow yeah that's bullshit also you there's like storage space up there it's an attic yeah I mean I don't need that much storage space if I do I have a problem I don't I don't I don't like to keep that many things but all we do is watch period movies and the mystery is always solved in the attic. Well, the mystery is that there is either a squirrel or a demon that likes to claw right above my bed at around 5.30 a.m. <sighs> and my dog is not happy with it. So, Are you sure it's a squirrel and not a rat? Um, it, it has the, the gait and the, the oomph of a squirrel. We also don't have a, a rat issue in this gotcha. area. Like we have, I wasn't sure if like it makes it better for you if you picture it as a squirrel as opposed to a rat. Um, I would actually probably like a rat better because squirrels do more damage in this area. Oh, really? Yeah. We had a rat in the attic, just Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Only took us seven hundred dollars to get rid of it. Don't say it. No. Well, that's because we just we didn't we didn't know. We were like, oh, there's there's a rat in the attic, so we called the pest people, and after. And this was like right when we first, like early in the the career of owning the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like after the guy takes care of it, he's like, yeah, so in the future, like really you just got to seal off the entrance um, and then you can throw a rat trap up there and you're good to go. Yeah, that'd be nice if we had an entrance. I'm just saying for me, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't know where the entrance is. Yeah. So now I have to like call and be like, I live because the Orkin man, I now have to be like, I live on a hill in a two-story house because I live in an old Victorian house. So anywho, um, speaking of old Victorian, it's not Victorian. It is definitely Regency area era. You messaged me if I had watched Bridgerton and mm-hmm. I was offended because I definitely had watched all of it by the time you texted all me. All of it? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I I was going to watch it last night, but mm-hmm. then I had forgotten the order that we were recording and did not watch. I had watched all the movies, but the movie we are discussing today. And I was like, whoop, I guess uh, I'm going to do that while I'm on Sudafed. Oh, this is the perfect movie to watch on Sudafed. Damn. Yeah. Um, it's book two out of the Bridgerton books is my favorite. And season two is book two. Mm-hmm. And it it was a good, I think it was a great season. I loved that there was not, as much like gratuitous fornication and nudity like there was just so much in season one um and season two like the yeah well i mean the duke right yeah but like anthony bridgerton i'm here for as well so okay okay it's i will just say it was my favorite book and then book four and they started doing some stuff that's in book four already in season two so i don't know Book three was not my favorite, so I'm wondering if they're going to mash some stuff together. Does the Duke ever come back in this year in the books? No, not really. Like you see him in passing because it's always like somebody else's story. Yeah, like book three is um, Benedict's story, and then book four is Colin's story. Um, Is it a what about the sister? I love what what's the dark Eloise? Yeah, Uh, she's uh, book uh, five. Okay. To Sir well, Philip with love. I need them to make it to season five of them. Okay. Yeah, they're, uh, it's, inter- I'm not going to get any more spoilers, but yeah, it's interesting what they're doing with her storyline compared to the books and they mm-hmm. might true blood it by that point that they're completely somewhere else, which I wouldn't be horrible. I wouldn't be upset with because I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily like her book, um, mm. but her character is not as cool in the books as it is in the show. So yeah, if they got away from that, the books, yeah, I love it. Yeah, if they got away from that, I would not be offended. So, anyway, that was my day. So let's talk about our movie. The movie is Big Fish. Uh, It's my pick this week, Um, and we're still in flashback month. Uh, Julie wants us to be in sports month so badly (laughs) that she forgot about this movie. Um, I did. But uh, Big Fish, if you haven't seen it, is a Tim Burton film starring uh, Ewan McGregor um, and a bunch of other people. Um, and But I kind of tunnel vision to the Ewan. Um, and and Helena Barton McCarter, I think, are the two stars of this film, even though she's not a star in this film, um, about a young man in his 30s, basically, who grew up with his father telling these tall tales. And his father um, is passing away and so he has um a couple days to try to discover who his father really is and through the tall tales and what's true and what is a complete fiction so that is big fish so julie i'll let you start sure um so i forgot that i was supposed to watch this um so when i watched it last night i had i had zero Like, I didn't even know Ewan McGregor was in this movie. I think I confused it with the George Clooney movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? (gasps) How dare you? But they both have sort of a fantastical element to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, cinematically, it had like, it's like Instagram filter is the best way I can describe it. But like, both the previews, it like sort of has like a filtered look. Yeah. Um, So I just, I had no concept of it. Um, 
so I did not know what to expect. Uh, we did, I'm sorry, I took medicine. Um, we did up Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor, down with love. Down with love. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first thing was like, hey, that's his voice. Like he, the voice that he uses in this movie is the exact same, exact same voice. Southern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an interesting thing to me. Um, and and this is a sweeping generalization, so I apologize. But uh, like, it seems like every British actor can like co like just switch between English like british english and american dialect like easily like tom holland Mm -hmm. can do it mid-sentence but then there are other british actors that the only american dialect they can do is southern Mm -hmm. and that's fascinating to me i know several people that way like in friends of mine like in person where they're like yep i can do southern that's what you get yeah well, and it's so funny because like the Southern dialect, quote unquote, there's like 78 dialects within there. I yeah. highly recommend um, Fred Armistead as part of his, um, he had a comedy special, but he goes, he takes a pointer and he goes around a map of the United States and does the accents of all of them. Oh. And it is fascinating. Um and that's like having lived in the South and different parts of the South, like Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, where I lived is completely different than Savannah, which is completely different from Atlanta, which is completely different from West Virginia, which is not the South. Fun fact. Um, I will fight people on that. There's historical, it's, yeah. Um, it's this, It did not secede from the North. It joined the North and that's why it's West Virginia and Virginia because it was all one state um, before the Civil War. Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's so fascinating because I grew up in the Richmond area and yeah. the the Southern dialect that, you know, like I acquired um, is very different from, you know, Florida, from Alabama, oh, yeah. from Atlanta. And I, I love them all. Um, but you do, you see it like very generalized of like, here's my Southern accent. Well, and you see that with like, American actors when it comes to British accents as well that like there's like this is this is a British accent and then there there are some they're like okay here's Yorkshire here's Cheshire here's you know and can actually go from one to the other because it's the same thing where there's like 85 different I'm the gross it's a gross exaggeration but like there's all of these accents within this small country um and so I think there is um yeah, I think it I think it works both ways, but we just see it more on our side because we can hear the difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care. He can sound like this all the time. I'm fine with it. Um <laughs> you're gonna be like, Julie, I can't use any of your footage of this episode. Um so interesting sort of personal connection for me, because I I I think it's fair to say that you had like a a, a personal connection or, or I don't want to go as far to say trigger, but like there were moments of Spencer that like deeply connected you to your own life experiences. Yeah. That was this movie for me after spending a week with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like that speech that 
Billy Crudup's character made at the start um, about like his relationship with his dad. Um, my dad is not a tall tales person. My dad is I'm I'm gonna tell terrible jokes mm. um, to the point where like they'll upset me, which is not mature. It's just a dumb joke. Like I don't know why it works me up so much other than the fact that like he knows it's not a thing that connects us. It's a thing that separates us and he does it nonetheless like it's not mm -hmm. like he's like like my interpretation as julie is not like oh, he's gonna like he's trying to just find that one joke that connects us to me it's like he's just intentionally repeatedly poking the bear mm -hmm. and so like the tall tales thing like i related to that from like my experience of like my dad like telling these jokes all week and then getting like real close to my face and being like uh uh i'm like no dad no Please. i don't like it no well, and do you have the experience where everyone else is like, no, he's funny, like the Billy Crudup had with like his wife and stuff like that, where they're like, no, he's, they're really charming. And it's like, you don't understand your whole life hearing this feels different than just yeah. passing. I by. mean, with, without getting <laughs> too deep into my, my family stuff, um, yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's, I get a lot of like, my whole life, I've got a lot of like, why are you overreacting? Mm. Why are you making a big deal out of this? Mm -hmm. Was the messaging that I got. So how did the rest of the movie hit you then? Well, well then, <laughs> circling back to his final speech. Yeah. Then I'm like, you know alone at home crying like I'm a monster I need to fix my relationship with my father so you really took me on a journey ah uh, that's that's what I do and, uh, and I, I don't mean to imply that like I drink every night or anything but it was Friday night I was watching a movie I I like I felt so sick from like being awake overnight and my allergies and all that like I was not drinking i was just like having water and i was still just like <laughs> um and i i wrote a note not implying that the rest of the movie wasn't worth it but i said this whole movie is worth it for his monologue at the end mm -hmm. um i always forget what a incredible actor billy crudup is oh yeah fabulous yes. wow mm -hmm. so good and like so good that you he blends into the movie like there mm -hmm. are just some mm -hmm. like and until Chicago another actor like that was John C. Riley. Mm -hmm. that like he was in every movie ever made you can't convince me otherwise we just haven't realized it yet because he was in so many like award-winning movies but he just was so good that you didn't even clock his performance necessarily because yeah it just was the movie it makes me think of like in in improv they're like people will be like oh i'm this type of performer i'm that type of performer and there are i say improv like i'm teaching you something um <laughs> you teach know me everything. julie teach me um no but it, it makes me think of like like when i am in a scene i'm sort mm -hmm. of looking for like what does this need like very mm -hmm. utilitarian like what does the scene need from me what can i offer one of my favorite scenes or just like what like i the town that he goes to the specter and how he goes when it's this like beautiful beautiful town and then he goes back when it's a completely like 
whatever like they put a road through and then you know it's it's mm -hmm. all torn down and disheveled disheveled I was like for the word disheveled I was like derelict no disheveled um and um and I I used to actually not like this movie fun fact I used to hate this movie um and it might be because of my issues with my father whatever um but I is starting to see all of that stuff more in that like crazy crazy metaphor um I'm also a lot of a literal movie person and so um I don't know just the metaphors that came up in my own life about things that I had visited that were like this lush area and then I left for a little bit mm -hmm. and when I came back it was it had completely changed um mm -hmm. or maybe it never changed oh and it was oh, just your shit. perception at the time yeah okay well back to therapy I go um but yes that is that is completely true there are a lot of things that you know your perception of them when you are first there is like beautiful and wide open and it actually is something completely different my I, I go ahead i'm i'm already calling out for myself like i need to watch this movie because even just looking at my notes like i can see the point that my medicine kicked in mm. in my notes yeah <laughs> like my first note was literally hey that's his voice in <laughs> reference to like his like oh i i recognize that southern dialect you can hear my medicine kicking in this morning now too um, but I'm looking at a note that I wrote that said, did Al bunch of stuff after this just copy it? I, yeah, I saw that and I was like, I'm not gonna. I don't know what that note was. Okay, cool. So we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> um, but like, I, it wasn't until the end of the movie that it came together for me. And I don't think that was like, I don't think that the movie intended for me to not like it, it wasn't like and then you figure it out like I think I was just not getting it for a long time in the movie oh like how they were all tall tales and like yes. through his perspective and yeah yeah um I yeah I um I don't know I think they're I come from like my father is not a tall tales person in the slightest he is mm -hmm. very fact oriented and also we've kind of talked about how like I actually don't know anything barely about him I just know like glimpses because he doesn't tell stories really about himself um so I I think it's I like the fact that everything is so super stylized when it's in his perspective mm -hmm. and then whenever it's not it's just normal life and I feel like I feel like a lot of movies it's focused on the relationship with the mother I mean mm -hmm. Disney made an entire empire off of like killing the mother and now they're making it <gasps> off of you know family trauma with the mother yeah um so to have a movie where it's the relationship with the father is very interesting yeah um it is called there was a couple episodes ago where I was like, what is it called when they kill a woman to highlight a man's narrative? And it's oh. called fridging. Oh and my gosh. Yes. I looked it up because I was like, I know I know it. Um, and so anyway, in general, when they kill off a woman to like 
create a narrative or be a driving plot point. Hmm. I know that's not what we're talking about. I just wanted to like no no no. I'm just correct myself that I that's the word that I was looking for. Um, yeah yeah, and I feel like especially because if there is something involved with the father, it's pretty extreme and to what you were saying that there are a lot of issues we have with our family that isn't like they stole all of our money or they were horrible right. to us or they were violent or that it was just you are not creating an environment where I feel heard or I feel important and um where I feel equal in this relationship it's always about you and to have a movie around that dynamic and how hurtful it can be um is nice yeah, I mean, because, like, his dad means well in all things. This is mm -hmm. who his dad is, and his dad is very, is so much the opposite of him mm -hmm. that it creates a rift for them. Yeah, and it's like that intent versus impact. Like, his dad intends mm -hmm. well, but the impact is something completely different. I... <laughs> I feel like like I'm just tearing up like thinking about moments from this movie like ooh, I, I'm really connected to this movie like I'm thinking about like when he calls the mom and how he's like my dad and I didn't speak for three years nobody talked about the fact that we didn't speak like it wasn't like we're not speaking yeah. um, but and that's certainly not the situation with my dad and I but that sort of like that moment of like him calling and the mom's there and the dad's just like okay and leaves like just like ooh. I feel like Billy Crudup's character in this moment and like the, a moment that gave me a tear which is not a big moment at all but just where I am is Billy Crudup he meets oh, the incomparable Jessica Lange um, and mm. like also oh I have something else to talk about after I talk about this moment but um, meets her and she he goes how long how long does he have left and she goes we don't talk about that now Mm -hmm. And the amount of like conversations I've had where I was like, hey, I need some facts. I need some, and they're like, we're not going to talk about it. And so that that part made me um, connect to this movie where it's like, hey, no, we need to, I, I need to talk about it. Maybe not we need to, because you're on your own journey, but I need to talk about it. And I need to, um, the Jessica Lange thing, I halfway through this movie I was like I feel like um oh what's his name American Horror Story Glee Darren Chris no oh. um the guy Brian Matthew Murphy. Morse oh. Brian Murphy I feel <laughs> I like Ryan right. you, no you were not it's okay um that Ryan Murphy is a huge Tim Burton fan mm. and like I I, I don't know that, but watching this movie, I was like, I feel like he stylizes his things, the the like TV version of Tim Burton. And he used Jessica Lange for like a very long time. And I was like, I feel like he watched this movie and was like, I'm going to find something to put her in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, that's just my, it's my conspiracy theory. You guys... Up until she played the that like neighbor in that first season of American Horror Story, had she played characters like that? No. I mean, she like in her like quote unquote younger. She's always been amazing, but like 
she's been in and out of castings for a while and then American mm-hmm. Horror Story hit and she was like doing everything yeah yeah um I so I'm aware I'm actually more aware of this as a musical mm-hmm. than I am the movie still still have never seen the musical and don't know anything about it but I I'm so curious I know I like look up the movie but now I want to look up the musical because I just can't figure out how this like translated to a musical yeah agreed I don't I actually don't know much about this musical either because of that because I it's like the Moulin Rouge effect where it's like it's so gorgeous and stunning as a film and like very stylized yeah as a film medium and to take it and to put it on stage like I feel like the most successful film to musical are ones that it's not stylized like hairspray is not a stylized movie like it, it yeah you know it is it is a movie and then it translates so well because you're not looking for the camera to be another like character basically or the editing mm-hmm. to be another character and for this one because it's so stylized in what is the tall tale and what is reality I feel like if I were I don't know the musical but if I were to see it on stage it would all feel like it was the same story and it'd be hard to differentiate the two unless like costuming was like extremely heightened in the tall tales Mm -hmm. compared to real life yeah I don't know I'm I'm super curious though yeah and like the producers is another one that like is fabulous as a musical, but the the editing is not stylized at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. In the in the original movie. Yeah, I don't know, but I hear it has a huge cast, so it's great for like people that aren't paying their actors. Yeah, I was I <laughs> When you want to give people an opportunity to be on stage, yes, and them being paid is not the priority for them yes. and for the producers, like yes. And if you want, um, it's a huge uh, multi-age cast too. So it's like, sorry, I have to adjust my headset, but oh, pause. Okay, um, <laughs> it's a huge multi-age cast, so you can have like little kids in their first like mm-hmm. community theater show. You can have adults and you can have and so yeah it's one of those shows that um I think you will see a lot more or I have seen a lot more like community theaters and theaters that paying paying their artists is not in their budget do this show because it, it is huge and it has so many characters it's so this is such a tangent but it's like it's so interesting um being in Orlando, which is an area where a lot of the actors here, their their day job is performing yeah. and they they make a living. They get health benefits from it. They get vacation time. And so for them, the priority of I want to be on stage and I want to get paid is is not necessarily uh, like it, it's not always a priority. It's like, mm. no, I want to I want to have this experience. And so you see really, really incredible talent 
mm-hmm. performing at community theaters um and it's it's so it's such an interesting uh microcosm like compared to elsewhere you know especially when like equity has their ask if it's equity campaign because equity equates to better performers and that's just simply Mm. not always the case like Mm -hmm. i i think that there's sort of a a preconceived notion that if someone's not equity it's because they haven't earned it or whatever when for a lot of people over a certain age if they're a professional actor that's a personal choice for them Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it's a choice that I made actively of like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take my equity card because for me, mm-hmm. being in a non-equity town, it is more important to me to be on stage and continue to be creative than to do a show, you know, once every X amount of years because all the stars aligned for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a big decision in my career too because like I the shows I like to do are not the, like, I, I definitely, for the first part of my career was in the Music Mans and the Oklahomas and, like, was doing well in those, but the shows that I really wanted to start to grow in were those, like, Mm. weird, independent, gritty Mm -hmm. shows, and yes, there are some equity houses that do those, but a lot of equity houses, like, hashtag not all equity houses, but a lot of equity houses, because they're they're fueled by money as every, you know, all, we all are, we're in a capitalistic society. There's nobody who's like, there, I mean, I'm sure there's like four people that are like, I'm completely, you know, I'm living off the grid. I have no attachment to money, but the rest of us are in a capitalistic society. We are. Um, and because of that, they'll go towards what will appeal to their patrons. And so if there's anything controversial or, you know, gets people to talk more about the topics um those aren't those aren't done as much um there are one of the reasons I do love Pittsburgh is because there are a lot of equity houses that actually do that here and also Mm -hmm. they take non-ec contracts which is nice but um but yeah and so it's like I you do see a lot of really great stuff come out of to circle back around to like community theater like I, my personal journey is that I don't audition for things that don't pay the least a stipend, um, cause gas. And also it's just like, Hey, we value you. Here's, here's a commitment to you that we have to the production. It's like my usually, usually my thoughts on the matter. However, if there are certain roles that I have wanted to do my entire life and that is not paid, I will do it for me and only for me um Mm -hmm. and and that's my personal like and everybody's allowed to do their own for example the mother in ragtime I will do for free I might actually pay to do it I don't like if it's a pay to play (laughs) or it was like oh everybody has to chip in 70 dollars for costumes I'd be like here you go here's take my money um Abigail Adams in 1776 so like right in those like those are some of the roles that I would definitely yeah maybe there's a role in big fish for (laughs) <laughs> I don't think so yeah yeah I, I also feel- am yeah. not a musical theater person like <clears throat> I um I did a lot of musical theater because for for a time it was like well I'm I'm in a market where musical theater is going to happen a lot yeah. so I need to work on this but when I tell you I get anxiety singing like my ears 
get so warm that there is a ringing in my ears. And I would go, I would put myself through that Mm-hmm. for so long and I like I looking back I'm like I can't believe some of the musicals that I was in um dealing with that because in, in it, understandably it'd be like you know I'm not a trained singer like people mm-hmm. are so talented but like I'm not tone deaf I'm literally singing with two tones in my ear the one yeah. I should be singing and the ringing in my ear <laughs> just a constant just mm-hmm. a constant reminder um i i love musical theater but my my undergrad was in musical theater i love it mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. um i love good musical theater though i i am right along there with rachel bloom where like there's also a lot of bad musical theater and it's just and it's and it also is it depends on I think the reason I love musical theater is because it's like almost literally every single creative and performing art is in it. Because um, you have dancing, singing, you obviously have to have an orchestra, you have acting, and then you have like all of the fine arts when it comes to like the sets are grander, usually the costumes are grander. And so it's just this great teamwork experience, like especially for the director and the sound designer and the, you know, and then, but if that team doesn't work well together, whew, it's a two and a half hours of misery for the audience. So. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, man, I, I love, I love musicals. Like I will go see a musical, <laughs> <laughs> but man, I don't want to ever be in one again. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, Oh, I was going to ask Julie to be in my friend show. And I'll be like, nope, not if I'm singing. Well, I love the last show I saw you in was a musical and you didn't sing. You just. Right. Yeah, I played the was... quote unquote stage manager and the, and the sweet director, the room, uh, super fun parody. Um, and my character was the stage manager, just trying, just trying to keep it all together. And so there's this great closing number because the, the, the cast within the cast has been rehearsing this musical and it's just us seeing everything go off the rails so i'm trying to keep it together so that this great big musical number and the sweet sweet director was like hey if you if you want to be involved in the closing musical number like we'll we'll incorporate you in if that's something that you're interested in and i was like no i'm very sorry i don't think that my character uh, would be involved in that thank you very much <laughs> like oh that was very sweet of you but for the show for the character integrity of the show please no. I would like to I would like to not <laughs> learn a song thank you so much um and and I, like those those opportunities when they come where it's like we want you to be in a musical but you do not have to sing mm-hmm. is like my greatest joy in life like it's like somebody let me in the cool kids room <laughs> I want to direct a version of Drowsy Chaperone where you are man in chair. Done. Please let me do that. Because I think that would actually be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, Julie, is there anything else you want to say about Big Fish before we move on to rating it? Um, I'm just taking my my fever dream <laughs> notes real quick. <laughs> um, nope. Just, gosh, Billy Crudup. What a phenomenal actor. That's mm-hmm. all. 
Uh, so one out of 10 big giant fictional catfish that turn into a naked lady. Uh, what would you rate this movie? I'm going to say seven. Um, I was wavering between six and seven, but that's mostly because I don't remember the first half. Like I was not feeling well. Um, but the more we have talked about this, I already want to go back and watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I like this movie. <laughs> Yay, I'll take it. Um, I would do a, a seven. It's not necessarily my favorite movie, but I do love the scene where he's moving the popcorn away. So mm, like mm-hmm. when time so, freezes. Yeah. Yeah. So gorgeous. And and then there are there is a really cool connection um that we all have as we get older and I feel like the older I get the more I appreciate this story so I think I would probably have given it a six about two years ago um so yeah it's funny um Mike is much more sensitive than me Mm -hmm. like he's very sweet I'm salty um and so when I told him I was like oh yeah Laura and I are doing big fish today he like simultaneously I was like I don't know how I felt about it as he was like, oh, one of the best movies ever made. Oh. But like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Like this, this movie is like his lifeblood. Like just this, like everyone feeling their feelings deeply mm-hmm. and this beautiful whimsical story. Mm-hmm. And like, like he was the one that started to unlock it for me. He's like, yeah, dad, t- the dad tells tall tales and all. And, but they're, they're rooted in truth because when you get to that funeral, Julie, they're all there. And the big man isn't as big as he was in the story, but he's still a tall man. And I was like, oh. And the twins are there. And this, yeah. Well, Julie, what do you have to look forward to? Um, I I almost said bed. I kind of (laughs) want to say bed. (laughs) That's okay. That's what you have to look forward to. Um, I have, what I'm looking forward to is so we had like three weeks in a row where I was out of town for work, then Mike was out of town for work, and then my parents were in town. And you know how it is when like you're entertaining people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's different when you're in town because you're just so self-sufficient. And it's like, oh, we're oh, hanging thanks. out. Cool. Okay, great. Um, but <laughs> we're like, not. see you later. <laughs> yeah. Like Thursday night, I had to read my dad three menus in full before they would make a decision about where to go. And it was, we went to a pizza restaurant and got a plain cheese pizza. Oh, so um I'm just I'm really like I'm so excited to just like have time to myself and my little like home of my husband and my pets. <laughs> yeah. Your three demanding pets. Uh, so um, demanding. What about I'm, you? What are you looking forward to? Um I I'm looking forward to, uh, I am going to Pittsburgh Fringe is not doing a full fringe this year uh, mm-hmm. because we're still Pittsburgh is still slightly locked down, slowly starting to open up, which is crazy saying this to a Floridian. Um, <laughs> but they are going to have a, a Yinzer variety show where you could like give, put in acts uh, of your Fringe show. So I'm mm-hmm. trying out a little scene from the next uh, Fringe show that I'm writing. So that's happening on Thursday. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the show is right now loosely titled, uh, I'm in love with a fictional vampire. Oh my, um, oh my and, gosh yeah <laughs> uh i'm already i'm already front row tickets yay um 
yeah so that's what i look forward to uh thank you for listening listeners uh rate review subscribe uh buy our merch we have an amazing <gasps> we have merch daddy. we have merch uh fancy daddy bill pullman fan club we have uh every <gasps> movie is made better with brendan fraser t-shirt Stop it. yeah what so. okay wait how do i how do i get to the merch are you actually i i love this because i think you're actually asking me uh so you go to uh trident network's website in and under support trident us networks i'm i'm doing this on the podcast uh and then you go to support us and then if you scroll down it's all of trident networks merch from all of uh their podcasts and all their um programming so you'll have lots to choose from very funny stuff so oh, no i accidentally wait i'm in like and subscribe okay well we'll let julie do that but thank you for listening <laughs> listeners bye oh i found the merch bye <laughs>Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.